Welcome back to the We Know Fantasy Podcast. My name is Nate with We Know Fantasy. And normally I am joined here by the Fantasy Furrow, but with due to technical difficulties, I am joined this week by Brian Wentworth. Brian, how are you today, my man? Nate, I am doing amazing. I had a nice day off that was spent running a bunch of errands because I have drill this weekend, uh, so I had to get a bunch of stuff done. But I'm doing good. I'm happy to be here, happy to fill in for Fro. Fro, I hope your computer gets fixed soon, bud. And, uh, yeah, I'm just ready to talk some fantasy football. Yeah, Brian is a part of the We Know Fantasy community. He runs our live streams that are 11 a.m. Eastern time on every Sunday morning. This week, sadly, he will not be there. As he just mentioned, he had drill. Uh, for the National Guard, correct? Uh, Army Reserve. Army Reserve. Okay, Army Reserve. So he'll be doing that. So uh, myself and Justin will try to hold down the fort there, and hopefully we can uh, find our, our way through uh, a foreign territory for both of us. But anyhow, before we move forward, guys, remember we are daily with podcasts. Monday, the waiver Wire wish list comes out with Nate. Tuesdays, the first episode of Samus vs. Slanger of the week comes out. Wednesday, of course, is this show you're listening to. Right now, the We Know Fantasy podcast featuring the Fantasy Fro. Every Thursday, the We Know Fantasy Contributors podcast comes out. Friday is the second episode of the week of Samuels vs. Slanger. Saturday is a DFS special hosted by the Fantasy Mechanic, a.k.a. our man Nick. And then, of course, Sunday morning, as I mentioned, is the We Know Fantasy live stream start sit. Uh, Fantasy football uh, exclusive, I guess you could say there. Uh, visit our website, weenofantasy.com, for some more content, uh, including a bunch of we- uh, ongoing weekly series and articles and breaking news. Everything you need to know about fantasy football can be found there. Check us out there. And before we move forward, Brian, where can people find you on social media? So you can find me on Twitter at Brian Wentworth FF uh, without the O and the worth because Twitter doesn't give me enough space for my full name and a couple other syllables. <laughs> All right. Make sure you check out Brian there. And as always, my name is Nate with We Know Fantasy. I'd like to be found on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. At We Know Fantasy. So, guys, we got some big news. Uh, some stuff broke today and then over the week. Uh, a lot of stuff to talk about this week, as always, as we always tackle the pressing news of not only the NFL, but the effects the NFL uh, news has on fantasy football. So, let's start off with one of the big things that's dominating my mentions. I'm sure Brian's getting questions on his Twitter page as well. What do we do with Antonio Brown? News broke this morning, I believe. It was this morning, yeah, that uh, you know, the Seahawks are open to re-signing him or bringing him back once he clears the uh, his suspension, which was, what, eight games, I believe? Yes, that is correct. So let's see. That would be week nine. He'd be eligible to come back. Of course, Seattle, he played last year in a short span uh, before getting, you know, whatever happened there. Anyhow, Brian question to kick this thing off what do you do do you roster antonio brown now or do you leave him on the waiver for someone else so this is a double-edged sword on the one hand this could all just be chalk speak and teams could decide they don't want to assign antonio brown because there is supposedly multiple teams interested um so what i'm looking at when i'm thinking about adding antonio brown is can my team afford to take on antonio brown as a risk so for me i do have a league where I did have a droppable player in Julian Edelman. I feel like Edelman's kind of at the point where if you could take him off your roster, you're more than welcome to at this point. He's definitely battling some injuries. It's not quite there with Cam right now coming back from the COVID. Um, there's a lot of questions with Edelman. So I was able to drop Edelman, pick up Antonio Brown. My team is 5-1 and one in this league, and I'm the top scorer. I have a packed running back core that is just insane. My team is missing receiver depth. So my need is receiver. My team can afford to sit on Antonio Brown for a few weeks. 
that is a situation where I'm interested in adding Antonio Brown and taking the risk of filling up a roster spot. Now, if my team is one in six and I need a win now, holding Antonio Brown or one in five, sorry, and I need a win now, Antonio Brown's not giving you anything right now. He's not giving you a player this very moment to try and get you those wins. So you could hold Antonio Brown. So that's a situation where I'll kind of let one of my league mates, um, take the the bite on that because let's let's remember here Antonio Brown hasn't played football since last season. The last time we saw this with a player one game was, last season. Yeah, the last time we saw this with a player was Des Bryant and his first practice with the Saints when Des Bryant was signed, he did tear his Achilles. Um so there's a lot of risk involved with Antonio Brown having not played football. It depends on what team signs him. He could end up signing with the team and be the number 3 receiver to start things off. Like, let's say he signs with the Saints. He's the number two behind Michael Thomas. So there's a lot of question marks with what's going on with Antonio Brown and a lot of risk involved with adding him to your roster that I think I'm okay with, in some situations, ignoring it and letting someone else take the bait. Yeah, you hit a lot of things on the head there. I need to apologize. I was mixing Antonio Brown up with Josh Gordon when I when I mentioned that he was previously on Seattle. Uh, you know, both alike wide receivers, troublesome superstars could be anyhow move past that, but I'm with you. My kind of motto is if they're not on an NFL roster, they should not be on your fantasy football roster. You know, this is different when, uh, you know, you could find someone that's uh, coming off a torn ACL or something for say, but someone suspended, someone just straight out, not on an NFL roster should not be on a fantasy football roster because you need players to help you now. Of course, if you're six and zero, five and one, you got a game or two lead, and you know you haven't really played the waiver wire, and you have a guy that you drafted that's you know kind of on there. Knock him off, sure. Throw Antonio Brown on there, but any other situation outside of that, do not take the bait. Do not add this guy. We saw it last year. Everyone was clamoring to sign this guy. You know when he was in Oakland, and they didn't touch the ball there, and then he ended up in New England where he, he was supposed to be the next big thing, and you know he played a game and had eight targets for four receptions and a touchdown but that was it nothing after that so this guy hasn't really played football since 2018 we're seeing what's happening with the injuries just because uh you know i think it's related to teams not having a preseason or, or proper you know uh you know camps and whatnot so yeah for me i'm keeping them off my rosters personally but i suggest you do the same unless you're in a very great situation and you just have this itch where you need to roster him I feel like in terms of, I feel like I want to talk about something real quick in terms of like fab, because there is a lot of people who play in fab leagues now. I don't think I would be spending more than $5 on Antonio Brown if I was spending oh, no. fab on him. Um, I'm, I just had a thought back to last year when Rob Gronkowski kept teasing. I have a big announcement. People took the bait that Rob Gronkowski was coming out of retirement. I saw people blow $30, $40 in fab to sign Rob Gronkowski for it to be for nothing and drop him two weeks later. Be careful with your money if you haven't have or have not spent it. You have to be careful with your money in these situations, and I would not be putting a lot towards it. Now, Antonio Brown could sign with Seattle, play with Russell Wilson, and be a phenomenal fantasy option. However, right now, the risk is too high to put too much of your free agent budget towards a player like Antonio Brown, and I just wanted to make that clear and out there. Yeah, you make a great point there. Someone in your league is going to spend up on this guy if you're playing FFB. You know, he has a name, he has recognition, he has that clout, I guess you'd say. Don't be that guy who spends 40-50% of your of your budget on a guy that isn't on an NFL roster. Simple as that. Out of $100, you hit it in the head. 
maybe a throw in the dark $5 bet if you get them. So what? You know, $5 in a $100 league isn't that great. But that $10, there's one tenth of your team, of your budget. And I'm sure you've already spent some. You're probably down to $80, $70, maybe $60 at this point. So just don't be that guy and let someone else in your league make the mistake and have them pay for it, not you. So beyond that, we had some bigger news. I don't know if bigger news, but we had some big news. Yesterday, I believe, uh, Tua Tagovailoa, now the starting quarterback of the Miami Dolphins, after coming in for Ryan Fitzpatrick in that win against the Jets last week. You know, we saw the emotional picture of him sitting fully dressed on whatever the 15, 20-yard line in the middle of an empty stadium all by himself, just taking the moment. Anyhow, you know, Ryan Tannehill was playing, not Ryan Tannehill, Ryan Fitzpatrick was playing to a, a level of you don't bench a guy like that because of what he was giving you, you know, averaging 255, uh, 256 yards per game, uh, you know, leading this team to three and three, uh, improbable, throwing 10 touchdowns this season, you know, uh, you know, throwing up 70% completion percentage and doing very well. You know, I know Tua was, uh, you know, a first round, early first round quarterback. He is the future of your team. You know, he's coming off what almost was a season or a career ending injury. Um, you know, I don't know if this is the right move, but let's talk about it in fantasy football, you know, aspect, you know, a lot of people share and say Preston Williams, Devontae Parker, you know, Miles Gaskins recently, uh, Brian here, what does this mean for, you know, those people who have a Preston Williams or Devontae Parker or Miles Gaskin? Do they take a step back at fantasy football? So the good news is if you have Devontae Parker, Mike Gesicki, uh, Gaskin or Preston Williams, you probably have more depth on your roster uh, because of where these guys are being drafted. So you're probably in a decent situation, um, depending on how you drafted, um, to where you don't need to start these guys if you don't have to. And I have all of them as a, maybe Miles Gaskin, because running backs are going to get carries no matter what. Um, But uh, Parker, Gasecki, and Williams are all a hold for me. I know there is a narrative that, you know, rookie quarterbacks, they love to target the tight end. I actually did a study in the offseason because of this one um, we weren't sure if it was going to be Fitzmagic or Tua starting. I wanted to know, is that really true? And the narrative is true to an extent, but not as much as people would think it is, uh, that rookies do target the tight end more often. Um, so I really am holding off on Parker, Gasecki, and Williams for at least a week or two to kind of see what they bring. Um, with Tua, uh, because obviously the Dolphins made the switch on the bye week, which I think if they were going to make the switch, this was the right moment, which I think is why they did no matter what. So they do definitely believe in Tua and want to see what Tua can do. So I have somewhat uh, confidence in these fantasy options. However, I am perfectly okay with if I can hold off, um, I'm willing to um, from starting them. Gasecki is kind of a little more difficult because with tight end, you're really just starting whoever you can. So if you do own Gusecki, he might be your only option. And I think you'll be fine, uh, but I wouldn't expect anything major right away. So that's my take on it, but I do really want to hear your take on this one, Nate. All right. You know, so you have Tua coming in here, taking over for a guy, throwing for 260 yards a a game. That's not going to happen with Tua. He's not going to come in and start slinging the ball right down the field 300 yards per game. No, we saw in Justin Herbert, but that's not that's not typical uh, for things to do. Joe Burrow's done a few times this season. You know, like I said, Tua is coming off what was almost a career-ending hip injury. Um, you know, his mechanics and his uh, you know left-handedness is not that of 
a traditional NFL player, NFL quarterback, especially. So, you know, we didn't have, like I said before, to have proper mini camps, didn't have proper, you know, preseason. So there wasn't much between these guys, a rookie quarterback and, you know, wide receivers and a quarterback wide receiver connection is one of the hardest to make. I don't know if I'm, I'm fine with a hold. I am not buying anyone in this offense. That is for sure. Definitely not going out and buying because of the move. If someone came in and offered me a, a, a deal, an equivalent deal of what there would be if Ryan Fitzpatrick was a quarterback, I would take it. But there, there's going to be a drop off. There's no, there, I don't think you can really debate that. There's going to be something happening here with, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick, who was putting up points, pushing the ball down the field, get a rookie quarterback who, like I said before, has all these red flags coming into the season. Of course, you know, those are just for as a rookie, and we're not really sure. We don't have tape on them, what's going to happen here. But yeah, those parts are going to take setbacks. In my opinion, Miles Gaskins maybe not. But again, if they don't aren't scoring as many points as Ryan Fitzpatrick was with that team, they won't be running the ball as much. They'll be passing from behind. So there's that. But yeah, if if someone comes at you with an equivalent value, of if Ryan Fitzpatrick was a quarterback there, I'd be taking it. I think I agree. All right, guys. So let's move on here. Let's play a. Let's go with a little game here. There's a bunch of you know we're getting close to the NFL trade period of the season. And uh, there's a bunch of names circulating. So I'm going to give you a name. And on a scale of, let's see, 1 to 10, uh, 1 being the lowest, 10 being the highest, you tell me how likely you think these players could be traded, okay? Awesome. I'm excited. All right. Started off with one of the bigger names, A.J. Green of the Cincinnati Bengals. He's been rumored to, to, to been traded for 12 years now. What are the chances he ends up on a new team? Six. Yeah, I like that. I like that. I think if there is a year to do it, you know, he's on a franchise tag. You know, he's not playing that well. If you can get some form of value, some form of draft capital to help improve this young roster, you got to do it. I agree. All right. So <laughs> the biggest name probably Julio Jones after a one and five start for Atlanta. 7.89. Ooh, that's pretty high. Why is that? So I think there is a real chance Julio does get traded. The Falcons, I think, they have a very young roster, and then they have Julio Jones, Matt Ryan, and, like, Todd Gurley. So you know what I mean? Like, most of the roster is young. They've been they've been going young for quite some time. They did just fire their coach and GM, so there definitely is a full rebuild coming in. Um, and I think Julio is one of the flashiest pieces you can trade. And Julio is locked up for a bit. So you're not just getting like a fourth round pick because he has one year left on his deal. You can get some real draft capital for Julio Jones. Um, And I think if Atlanta really like we've seen Calvin Ridley can be a number one now and Atlanta can see that. So why like there's very little reason for them to keep Julio unless Julio wants to stay. Um, And that's why I put it at a like 7.89 because there is going to be a lot of draft capital involved for trade involving Julio, which some teams might not be interested in because he is, you know, getting to the wrong side of 30, maybe a little past. I honestly don't know his age off the top of my head. 31. Yeah. So he's like right about that, like where receivers try to take a downturn. Um, But get something for him now. Work and focusing on a young roster. You have Calvin Ridley. You know what I mean? They just got Hayden Hurst, who is a young tight end. I mean, he's only on, what, like his third year in the league at this point? Like, they have a good young offense coming up, and I think trading Julio just makes sense. Um, it's just a matter of if teams are willing to trade for him and if the Falcons are willing to trade him. Yeah, I'm I'm with you here. You know, this team is 1-5, so, you know, Matt Ryan's another name we'll talk about. Um, if they were to part ways with these two guys, get some draft capital, 
you know, they're kind of on the trend to, you know, be an early pick where they can take one of the, you know, top end quarterbacks that are in this league. Who knows? Trevor Lawrence could be in Atlanta where you get a fresh rebuild with one of the greatest quarterback prospects we've seen since Andrew Luck. Um, if not Peyton Manning, in my opinion, this is a, that's a realistic possibility at this point. And one of five, they're playing a very strong division down there with uh, Tampa, New Orleans and Carolina's playing above what anyone thought they would be doing as well. Um, so there isn't much life to be had here. You know, we'd win a few games, maybe, you know, finish close to 500, if not, you know, seven and nine or, you know, six and 10 is probably their ceiling at this point in the season. Uh, not they're going to be honest. So get draft capital for these guys and, uh, you know, help, you know, if you are to take an early quarterback, you're going to have Calvin Ridley for this rookie quarterback. And then you have a, you know, second, third round pick you've acquired from Matt Ryan or say a Julio Jones that then turn around, get another wide receiver and offensive lineman. They need offensive lineman help. You need to improve that defense drastically. There's a lot of pieces there. And as young as they are, like you've said, with some great picks in the recent drafts, I think it makes a lot of sense at this point. For sure. All right. Well, we skipped over Matt Ryan there, but he's kind of attached to Julio. If Julio goes, Matt Ryan may go at the same time. Um, but a few more. We have a duo of Titans or Texans wide receivers. You know, this is the doing of, uh, you know, Brill, Bill O'Brien, who was the GM and head coach that team that is now out. So chances the likes of Brandon Cooks or Will Fuller get traded. So Brandon Cooks is a tough one uh, because they did just trade a second round pick for him, but Bill O'Brien did. And Cooks is older, injury prone, not quite the same as we've seen him in the past. He is looking to be, you know, getting better now that Bill O'Brien is gone. But I'm actually going to put Cooks at like a six, seven ish. Uh, I do think there's a chance they do try to receive some draft compensation because Cooks is still a, you know, he's still a speed receiver. He could take it off the top. Some team might need that. Um, I could see maybe like the Patriots reacquiring him. Uh, I feel like that would be a decent fit because the Patriots need that. Um, I could also, oddly enough, like I know the Saints have been in desperate need. I know they have Emmanuel Sanders, but the Saints have, like, since they traded Brandon Cooks and moved to Michael Thomas as the number one, um, have been looking for a second receiver. So I could see a reunion there, but I don't think that's as likely. Um, Fuller, I'm going to put it like a maybe one or two. Um, He's young. He is definitely the best receiver on that team. You can build maybe not around him as a number one because he is just a deep threat. Um, but he is definitely a young piece I would build my team around with Deshaun Watson. You know what I mean? Him and Watson have the chemistry already. They're both young. I don't see a reason to let Fuller go, um, but I'm not an NFL GM. But I think Cooks is more likely than that of Fuller. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense there. I'm not sure if anyone moves there in that team. I know. They're off to what? They have one win or two wins on the season. They're not doing well, and they're probably not going to make the playoffs this year. So if you already get some pieces, but you said, even if a different GM did it, you're not going to be anywhere near a second-round pick for Brandon Cooks. So you kind of have to ride that one out, in my opinion, even, you know, even if uh, you are to recoup something, you know, a later pick for them. But imagine being the new GM of the Texans. You trade them back to New England for a fifth or sixth-round pick, and then he has another 1,000-yard season you kind of look like a, right. a real bad guy in that move exactly. so uh there's that guys all right a few more topics to talk about let's talk about the uh alexander madison situation you know i you know of course really high in this guy he's played well behind dalvin cooks he's played well previously in seasons where dalvin cook has been out you know was a hot play this week um rightfully so i played him in dfs i played him in every league i owned in my own in a lot of leagues but he laid an egg 
There's no doubt about that. 10 carries, 26 yards, two targets for a reception of four yards, 30 total yards, and a start where Dalvin Cook was not playing. So this is more of a, I guess you would say, PSA of anything. There's this huge trend, and I'm guilty of this. The second a, you know, starting running back goes down, no matter who it is, of course their backup is scooped right up off the the waiver wire, even if it is not, you know, uh, it's a long injury. And then it's and then it is should I play this guy? Should I play him? Should I play him? Should I play him? And several times I I get trapped in this, especially in DFS, because you know you get a starting quarterback for or running back for a, a stupid cheap price, and you you jump down on that, and if they hit it, you you look good. But there just needs to be a sit back and kind of address situation type of thing. There's better, you know, Madison is one of the better, you know, uh, backups in the league, if not the best backup running back. He could be a starter elsewhere if he was on a different team. Uh, But just, uh, you know, I get a lot of questions about these type of players. You know, uh, next week, I'm sure Miles Sanders being out. So Boston Scott's going to be a lot of people's uh, trying to start Boston Scott and all this. But, you know, just hit your brakes on these guys. And uh, just don't immediately plug them in your play in your lineup without you know taking a deeper look at the players who have been a starter all season and, and producing for you. Yeah, I think I think Madison was a, a good start, and like I have a friend who's in a situation where his three running backs are all injured, and he had no choice but to start Madison. And in that situation, I'm perfectly fine, you know, with a Madison start, even as a flex play. Sometimes I do think part of this game could have been Atlanta coming off a coach firing, trying to prove a point. Um, and it just all fell apart for the Vikings in that situation. Um, I didn't get to watch much of this game, though. I will be completely honest. Um, but I I think you can go back to the the fire with Madison um, again. I'm I'm not as worried about it, but I do agree, Nate. Oftentimes, people um, will say, "Oh, he's a start over like all these guys, except for like." Kamara and Zeke and oftentimes that's really not true you should be starting the studs the guys who have been on your roster the season winning you points now however if you have like a David Johnson I would consider starting Alexander Madison over a David Johnson you know what I mean like there is players where I do think it is does become a real question but oftentimes you are correct Nate just start the guys you have been starting yep uh simple as that and uh, one more guy we'll talk about here who had a fantastic week last week, kind of burst onto the scene. You know, he was a darling of of uh, rookie drafts. That's DeAndre Swift. 14 carries, 116 yards, two touchdowns. On top of that, saw four targets receiving three of them. So a fantastic week. Now the question remains, is this now Swift's backfield? Is he on? Has he burst on the scene officially? Or just one of those things where he had a great game, but we'll still see Adrian Peterson. We'll still see Kieran Johnson next week. I think we still see Adrian Peterson and Kieran Johnson. I mean, we 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 went through this with Kieran Johnson a few years ago. Kieran Johnson um, had an amazing game. Was the first Lions rusher in like I forget how many years to go for over a hundred yards, and they continue to play. You know, these other, I can't even remember who they played next to him, but they were not giving the ball to carry on Johnson. Matt Patricia is not going to use a workhorse. He brought that from New England. I do think Swift is flexible. Um, I think he's a great uh, running back flex play in standard half and full point PPR. Um, I'm looking to pump the brakes a little. I don't think he's a locked-in starter every week. I do think we're going to see Adrian Peterson. We are going to see carry on Johnson. It's going to happen. Um, 
I'm looking to slow down, but he will have games like this again, I do feel. Um, I'm actually happy to see this, because I thought he was in the doghouse after week one when he dropped that game-winning pass. It is good to see they are not punishing him too bad, um, and they are giving him the opportunity still. Yeah, like you said, I think he'll be more relevant in fantasy football. I think he sees more touches. You know, as a rookie, once you get that first big game, you know, you're finally like, I could do this. And then you play a little bit better beyond that. Adrian Peterson, of course, is still getting several touches. Kieran Johnson is talented enough to get still field, still get a field touches. Swift is involved in this passing game, you know, and, you know, also the Lions, you know, kind of ran away with this one unexpectedly. So, you know, we can't assume that every week he's going to get 14 touches or double digit touches. He's involved in the passing game. He's seen five, five, uh, two, four, four targets in each of the game. Um, you know the, the the last time he they won with against Carol uh, against Arizona he was not involved but then they got this win against Jacksonville where he was heavily involved so we'll see if that translates next seat or next week I don't think he's an RB one or RB two at this point because of the uh, you know fluctuation between his weeks that's going to happen but I think he's flex play just like Brian said so guys that concludes uh, you know the content portion of this podcast but of course. As we always do uh, for this uh, season, we'll give you our straight up pickums for the uh, for the week. You know, this is no spread. This is as uh, straightforward as you can get. Sorry, guys, I'm just telling up a few things here. So, I'm officially 54 and 35 on the season. The fro is 38 and 24, missing uh, two weeks, I believe. And in those two weeks, we've seen Phil or Will. Uh, go nine and five, Justin go nine and four. So Brian, I guess your uh, goal here is to uh, get more than nine wins to uh, become the official, you know, uh, guest spot on the Win on Fantasy podcast uh, Pickums leaderboard. Perfect. Let's get so it. you ready to uh, tackle this? Yep. You say All the right. game. I'm on we'll week, go back I'm on week seven. Oh, holy cow! We're already on week seven, guys. That's uh things are going fast. But Thursday night football. Brian, we have the Giants versus Eagles. This is pretty straightforward in my book, but who do you got? I got Eagles. It's in Philly. It's Eagles. I don't think you can uh, pick against the Eagles in this one, so I will take Philadelphia as well. All right, I'll lead us off for the next one. Panthers, Saints. Uh, Panthers playing above themselves, but it's in New Orleans, so give me the Saints. Uh, I think I agree, Saints. Easy enough there. All right, here's another easy one. Uh I guess we don't need to say this. It's Bill's Jets. I'll just write down Buffalo for you. Yep. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> All right. And then Browns Bengals. This is a, a, a game I'm excited to see after the first game they put up, you know, there. So who do you have here in the Browns Bengals game? This is actually a really tough one. Like it's closer than people think for me. And like going into the season, I feel like, I feel like it was just as close like before the season, but for different reasons. Like, I think both of these teams are playing well enough where this will be a competitive game versus before the season, I was like, oh, this is going to be a dumpster fire game. I'm going to go Bengals here, though. It's in Cincinnati. It's so close for me. I'm going to take the home team. Yeah, I'm actually taking the Bengals myself after that first game. You know, it was the second week of the season. Joe Burrow hung in there. I think he gets it done after the Browns were humiliated last week. I don't think they bounce back this week. All right, so Dallas at Washington. You know, this is a little bit closer than people will think, but I'm going to take Dallas. I'm going to go Washington. I don't, I mean. Don't hate the pick. 
I feel like this is also one of those really close ones. Like if Dak Prescott was playing, I would I wouldn't even think it would be Dallas, but Andy Dalton's really not good. <laughs> like I don't know. He he does have the weapons to play with, but I actually think Ron Rivera as a defensive minded head coach will be able to get to Andy Dalton. Um and I think this is gonna be a lower scoring game, and I think Washington takes it, but it's close. All right, Packers versus Texans. Who do you got on this one? Uh, Packers. They're going to bounce back after that week. Yeah, that's who I have there for the same exact reason. Moving on here, Lions at Falcons. This is a pretty close game in my book. You know, uh, I think the Falcons ride high after last week's victory. I tend to agree. All right, all right, all right. Let me uh, finish writing this down here, guys. Okay, let's move on. So, bouncing back, here is a game to watch. Pittsburgh versus the Titans. Tough one here. I'll let you leave this one off, Brian. Uh, I'm actually going to go Titans here. The Titans are playing out of their mind. They've developed the it's-everybody-against-us mentality. And Big Ben really doesn't play as well on the road. uh, And it's in Tennessee. Now, granted, there's not really like a big crowd to factor into that, uh, but I do, I do believe in uh, Big Ben's home road splits, and I believe Pittsburgh actually does have fans, so that does actually make a difference when he's at home. Uh, the defense will travel, though. The defense is fine, but Ryan Tannehill is playing out of his mind right now. I think he's like the number one quarterback when pressured. Um, so I'm going Tennessee here, and it's going to be a really good game no matter what. Uh, this is going to be a really good defensive battle, but I do think Tennessee takes it and goes to... 6 0, 7 0, 6 0, 6 0. They had a bye week. Yeah, because of the COVID situation there. I'm going to take Pittsburgh. I think the defense is a lot better there, and their offense, of course, really can get going if uh, they allow it to. Seattle at Arizona. I'm going Seattle here. I think you would as well. Um, I think Arizona has a chance just because it is a divisional game, and those are always really it's close. It's in Arizona, so there's that. But I do, I just Russell Wilson is the MVP this season. Like, I think. He takes it. It's Russell. It's Russell Wilson in Seattle. But I, I would not be surprised if Arizona does take this one. Um, like I wouldn't blink at all. All right, Kansas City at Broncos. Kansas City. Yeah. All right, Jaguars at the Chargers. I'm going lack here. I think uh, you know going cross country and this uh, Jaguars team is too up and down to uh, have my faith. Yeah, we're going to agree. It seems to be on like a decent amount of these. I do. I was actually had really high hopes for the Jaguars after week one. You know, they were underdogs um, and they actually took the win. And I was like, this is amazing. This team, you know, Gardner Minshew's fighting for his job out here. And he has played well in moments. um, But this team is just it has too many holes. And I think Justin Herbert is going to throw all over them. Uh, I go Los Angeles Chargers here. All right. And this is kind of fitting that you're on this week's podcast because the 49ers play the Patriots. Yeah, Nate. What are we doing here? So I'm assuming you're, you're going to take the Pats and I'll take the Niners here. Uh, put me down for the Niners. You being serious? Being serious. Put me down for the Niners. All right. We can only hope. It is in, uh, it is in uh, <laughs> oh New God. England, though, but we'll see what happens there. Sunday night football this week. Buccaneers at Raiders. Raiders uh, off the bye after beating Kansas City. Tampa Bay off a big win in uh, Green Bay. I, you know, who where's this game at? It's in Las Vegas. I think Tom Brady does it still. Um, can I ask a question? Does Tom Brady know if it's fourth down or not in this game? 
He may or may not. I'm going with I mean, He may have learned. I'm assuming he's going to learn over the week. I'm going to go with Tom Brady. This Tampa Bay defense is legit. I mean, the the Raiders have a good defense, too. Uh, I think it'll give Brady and the Bucks some problems, but the Tampa Bay defense, I think it's enough to keep them in the game and win it for them if Brady does, by chance, have a bad game. So I'm going to go with the Bucks here as well. All right. In Monday Night Football, we have Bears at Rams. Who do you have in this one? Rams. Yeah, I'm going Rams, too. I think they take that loss. The, well, the 49ers completely dominated that team on uh, primetime football last week. Bounced you know back. No, change me back to the Patriots. Forget the 49ers. <laughs> there's no way. There's no way we lose three games in a row. There's no way. I cannot. I'm sorry. Put me down for the Patriots, Nate. It's uh, me versus these, uh, these New England fans don't know what it feels like to lose. <laughs> no, no, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, being a Boston Bay sports fan has to be pretty cool. Oh, it's so hard. <laughs> Well, all right, guys, that's our full pickums after a slate of fantasy football topics there. One more time before we sign off, Brian, where can people find you on social media? You can find me on Twitter at Brian Wentworth without the O-F-F. Um, and you can also find my work uh, with We Know Fantasy on twitch.tv slash We Know Fantasy. Yep, 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on Sundays. Check in with us. Again, Brian won't be there this week, but he'll be there in future weeks. Remember, my name is Nate with We Know Fantasy. You can be found on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at We Know Fantasy. Again, we are daily with podcasts, so wherever you're listening to this podcast, maybe Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you get your uh, podcasts, you can consume them. You can find us daily on there. And visit our website, WeKnowFantasy.com, for some more fantasy football content. All right, guys, until next week, we'll see you. See you later, guys. Thank you. <laughs>